time now for our press review and for that I'm joined in the studio now by Erin Ogunke. Hi Erin. Hi Axie. Uh, we're starting uh, off with our top story uh, today, of course, those Iowa caucuses. Uh, very few surprises, a very, very good night for the former president, Donald Trump. Indeed, because he did finish as expected ahead of Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley uh, to win the Iowa caucus. The New York Times today pointing out that it's no small feat for the former president, as he, of course, uh, lost the caucus there eight years ago. The paper says then regardless of what happens next, his victory marks a rather spectacular political comeback, uh, at least for a, for someone who has whose political career appeared for a split second uh, to be in tatters. Uh, the paper also says that his victory marks a repudiation of the rituals of campaigning in Iowa, Trump winning by a landslide there, even though he didn't do much campaigning or indulge in traditions like the other uh, candidates did. Now, the Washington Post takes uh, a rather interesting look at how the different demographics voted. While Nikki Haley won most of the caucus participants that described themselves as moderate or even liberal, uh, as long as long as long as as well as, excuse me, uh, those who accepted Biden's 2020 win, Donald Trump, for his part, won most of the other demographics. That includes those who are over the age of 45, 60 percent of those without a college degree, uh, those describing themselves as very conservative, white evangelical Christians. And I think it's worth adding as well that uh, the majority of Trump's supporters said that immigration and the economy uh, were the biggest deciding issues uh, for them in choosing which candidate uh, they, they thought would do the best job. So, of course, a huge amount of excitement uh, around these caucuses. Uh, but it's important to say that the Iowa caucuses don't always do the best job of picking the person who ultimately goes on to become president. Yeah, an editorial to that point in CNN today argues that the process is deeply flawed. It cites numerous examples of that. Uh, the wrong Republican winner was initially declared in 2012, while in 2016 and in 2020 as well, glitchy websites, inconsistencies in reporting data as well kind of marred the dem Democratic results. Uh, but the editorialist also points out that the votes only represent a tiny proportion of uh, the state. In 2016, for example, less Less than 19 percent of voters uh, showed up at these caucuses. And on top of that, the state simply, again, doesn't do a good job at predicting who is going to win or at choosing the winning candidate, I should say. Uh, Ted Cruz won in 2016. That is, of course, the year that Donald Trump went on to win the nomination. And then Pete Buttigieg in 2020 beat Joe Biden, even though the latter, of course, went on to become the nominee and win the election. Uh, so it doesn't necessarily mean uh, much yet at this stage that Donald Trump won the Iowa caucus. Okay, Norma, we're moving now to uh, France. Uh, some news in the papers uh, today. Uh, a very much declining birth rate for yet another year. Yeah, Hexi, that's because this Tuesday, France's National Institute of Statistics will be publishing its 2023 demographic report, and it's indeed expected to show that birth rates in France are declining for a second straight year. This after 2022, which already saw a pretty historic decline. The latest fertility rate then is expected to be uh, under 1.7 children per woman. Uh, that's compared to 1.8. The previous year, it's on the cover of the Christian paper La Croix today, uh, and dem demographers for now say that there's no reason to necessarily be alarmist. They say that this is cyclical. Birth rates are probably going to continue to decline for the next seven to eight years, they say, before uh, climbing again between 2030 and 2035. Still, the piece does point out that uh, this does have important stakes for a country's future. It could have consequences on things like retirement, the closure of educational establishments, economic growth, public finances, and 
and innovation. Many sociologists in the piece then saying that it is important for the government to put policies in place that allow parents uh, to who would otherwise want to have more children uh, to do so. Well, staying now with the French papers, Erin, uh, you found two articles today <coughs> on declining stability on the African continent. Yeah, I'll start, Haxi, with Liberation. This is uh, from today's edition. 84% of the Blue Helmet forces, the UN's Blue Helmet forces, are on the African continent. But from Mali to the Democratic Republic of the Congo, uh, the UN's peacekeeping missions uh, are increasingly criticized for failing to adequately protect civilians, which is, of course, their, their main role. The piece says that they're often often simply guarantors of a fragile status quo at best and at worst, uh, passive witnesses to worsening situations in which civilians tend to pay the highest price course, with their lives. Now, failure to play a more decisive role in Mali, which was one of its most important missions, uh, even saw uh, the force kicked out of the country in 2023 after 10 years. There are now fears that the same fate could await the Congo, the force in the Congo, where they've been deployed for a whopping 20 years. That's not the only major concern uh, from the French press about the African continent today. Le Monde focusing on the six military juntas in Francophone Africa, uh, from the Sahel to Gabon. They all had vowed uh, to hold elections to add a dose of democratic legitimacy uh, to their, their rule. But for now, none of them appears uh, in a hurry uh, to do so. Well, finally, Erin, uh, there's a fair bit of outrage here in France as the cost of visiting the world's most visited museum uh, has just increased and rather significantly. Yeah, uh, a ticket to the Louvre went from 15 to a whopping 22 euros uh, on Monday, Haxi, as Le Parisien tells us. Visitors obviously not happy about it. The museum has been really tight-lipped about the reasons behind it, saying simply uh, that it's in order to maintain, you know, a decent quality uh, of welcoming guests. Uh, and that's really about it. I will say, Haxi, that it seems to be an exception in Europe. Tourists from places like Sweden and Madrid quoted in the piece saying that museums are much cheaper there even though the cost is rising uh, nowhere near the 22 euros that they'll not have to pay at the Louvre. A very expensive family day out. Erin um, Agunke with a look through the day's uh, top stories in the uh, international press. Uh, thank you very much.